This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. Saturday Magazine, Joy 94.9, Macca and my special in-studio guest and co-host, Senator Dean Smith from WA. And we have on the phone, retiring Green Senator, a great friend and supporter of our community over many years, Senator Janet Rice. Good morning, Janet. Morning, Macker, and morning, Dean. Lovely to join you. Good morning, Janet. We should sort of give everyone a bit of situational awareness. Where are you at the moment? <laughs> um, at a roadside stop just out of Goulburn, en route from Canberra to Sydney for Mardi Gras. So coupling up with my partner, Anne, looking forward to having a, a wonderful afternoon and evening in Sydney, Mardi Gras. I, we'll get on to Mardi Got Gras. Got the rainbow socks on. I remember many years ago, you remember it, Janet, uh, not long after you were due to take up your appointment or your position in the Senate, and I asked you, you know, were you heading off for Canberra and you rode your bike? I did, that's right. And in fact, I'm intending to ride my bike home from Canberra too. Not immediately after I finish, but probably a month or so later. So I thought, I, I, it's a nice bookend from my time Yes. In it is. So Mardi Gras, let's, let's, uh, it's great you're going up there and there's a team from Joy, uh, Joy members and supporters that will be around Mardi Gras doing some interviews, uh, sort of a bit ad hoc, but uh, we, we did think it was important uh, to be there. I wanted to get to the, one of the topical questions, Janet, about the police not, mar- not being invited to, or sorry, being disinvited then said you can come but you can't wear uniforms. The whole question of police marching in Mardi Gras or mm. or Pride March, what are your views? Oh, look, it's pretty vexed. And for me personally, who has never had an issue with the police, I haven't ever personally had a problem with the police marching, but I could understand why some people do. And particularly historically, you know, there has been a lot of, sort of gay hatred and queer hatred amongst police forces around the country. And so I can imagine that some people really feel offended and affronted by the police marching. And I know that there's you know, been a process of change and there are lots of fabulous police people, um, but particularly in the context of the, the murders yes. in Sydney last week, I, I can understand why having the police marching, a lot of people felt, no, that they just couldn't stomach that. People, so I think where things have landed is probably, you know, a, a reasonable compromise, but there are some pretty strong views on, on all sides. I mean, are people confusing, well, not confusing, equating the fact that it was a, a policeman that allegedly did this murder, that the reason the police shouldn't march? Does that mean that if you worked for a large grocery chain and someone who worked for them murdered someone that the no one should march from that grocery chain? Yeah, look, I think it's the fact that the, the role that the police have in our society as, you know, as, as part of the, the state um, and there is a sense that, you know, the values and the actions of one does reflect on the, the yeah. force as a whole. And plus there has been, you know, as I said, you know, the history of, of police violence towards the queer community, which, as I said, I know that that's changing, but there's, that's a, it takes a long time to be building that trust. Yeah. And so you have an action like this of a, you know, a police, a policeman using a police weapon um, to murder um, Jesse and Luke. And you think, I can understand why some people really feel mm. that it's, 
it it cuts against the the celebratory aspect of of Mardi Gras to be marching with the police. Yeah. Janet, I think that's right, and I think those are the sorts of views that are probably shared, you know, you know very, very broadly across the across the community. Just um, reflecting on your own parliamentary career, you entered the parliament in 2014. Has it lived up to your expectations being a senator for Victoria? <laughs> oh, look, it's been fabulous. You know, it's I have felt such a privilege of being in the Senate, and to you, essentially, the main thing that I have really. Um, valued and feel that it's been powerful has been the platform that it gives you for advocacy and campaigning. Most of the time, you know, as a Green Senator with eight and a half of my 10 years under the Abbott Turnbull Morrison government, actual legislative wins um, from the things that I wanted to achieve were, you know, have been... I'm about to say few and far between, but let's say isolated. Wonderful when they've occurred, um, but there haven't been that many of them. But overall, the experience has been great, and I'm, you know, not not hanging up my boots because I'm, you know, fed up to the back teeth with being a senator. I'm hanging up my boots because I reckon that ten years is about long enough, and time to pass the baton on to somebody else, and time to get a bit of the rest of my life back. I mean, you could put the rest of your life on hold for that long, and you would know that, Dean. Yes. Um, but you know, there comes a time that you think, well, it would actually be nice to see more of my family, to spend mm. more time in my garden, to be able to go back and sing in a choir and play my violin, um, all of these things, which is what I'm looking forward to doing after I finish up. To p- perhaps be the spec- keeping on doing good stuff. Exactly, <laughs> you know, a bit more of the spectator and less the participant. But you do raise a really interesting question. You know, how does how does a parliamentarian whatever political party that they might come from, measure their success. You know, it's easy to get totally consumed with the bits and pieces of every day than the bits and pieces of parliamentary sitting weeks. You know, how do you sort of step out of that to say, okay, well, actually, am I really making a difference here? Is this sort of living up to, uh, to, to, to how I want to use my time? You mentioned that you're driving to Sydney with your new partner, Anne. Uh, very, very warm welcome to, yes. to Anne. We opened the show talking about some of the demands on parliamentarians, travel, parliamentary commitments, electorate commitments. How important is it to be supported by by a partner in in a role like this? Remembering, of course, that uh, that during the last few years you did lose you did lose Penny, and I remember yeah. that moment. Yes, uh, I do too. I remember that moment vividly yeah. in the chamber. Actually, uh, Janet, we were in question time, and I happened to. I was the chief whip at the time, having to glance over, and I could see, you know, sort of, you know, deep sadness sort of engulf the of the Greens because, of course, they all sit together. Yep, um, it's so much easier being in this job with a loving partner, and you know, the the delight of you know having new love with Anne, and the fact that Anne lives in Canberra means it's actually gorgeous to be able to go home after a parliamentary sitting day and to be going home and to be having Anne, yeah, to have a have a hug and to have cooked me dinner quite often as well, which is great. Well, there um, should be more ands. Are there any? Are there any more ands around? Right. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you know, the time—it's certainly the time after Penny had died was it was pretty brutal, and mm. it's really it was hard to get back on the horse and to and that sense, yeah, that sense of aloneness and loneliness, and because you know I'm grieving as well. And it puts things in perspective as well. And it thinks, and you, you know, much more frequently asking yourself, well, is this really achieving what I want it to achieve? You know, is it, and that sense of mortality that you have after losing someone that you love so deeply and, and losing your partner is that you know that every day is precious and you've got to 
you know, be asking you questions all the time. Well, you know, Penny died at 61. I could pop off tomorrow as well. And so is this the way that I want to spend the rest of my life? And that, that certainly has been a factor in my decision that, you know, after 10 years, it's time to move on because I've got other things I want to do. And, you know, and it's, and I certainly want to spend more time with Anne. We're really looking forward to, you know, post-senatorial life and she's planning on finishing up her work as well. So we'll have a lot more time together and really looking forward to that. Well, congratulations to you and Anne, Jen. It's very, very important to be able to sort of <laughs> share the, you know, you know share, share, share the difficult times as well as the, as well as the very, very good times. Of course, when you gave your first speech in the Senate, uh, you were you know, joined with Scott Ludlam and Christine Milne and Rachel Seward and Dee Natale. Um, of course, no, none of them are there now. Um, how has the Australian Greens changed in the time that you've been in the Senate? Um, essentially, we've, we've grown um, and we have, I think, become more powerful and really sort of have said, and particularly over that 10 years, that sense of we are absolutely not just here to stay as by far you know, the biggest third force in Australian politics, in the history of Australian politics, but we are growing. And at the last federal election to have won, you know, we got two new senators elected, but in particular getting three new MPs and in Queensland, in Brisbane, really, I think, put a line, you know, made it very clear that the Greens, we're not just sitting back and thinking we're, you know, just content to be at the size we are, that we're growing and we're going to continue to win more House of Representatives seats and continuing to head to a time when we are going to be having a share in government. And that's absolutely where we're heading. And I think, you know, over the last few years, there's been more of an awareness amongst the Australian community that that's, that's a really realistic um, um, future for us. And our, our, you know, we continue to grow. The number of people voting for us continues to grow. And for me, that's the thing that gives me hope about the future. <laughs> because in terms of that, that drive and my values of working for justice for people and the planet and for a future for us all, I can't see it being achieved other than having the Greens having that powerful voice in our parliament. I was going to ask Janet, yourself and Dean, <clears throat> colleagues in the Senate for many years, and have worked together collaboratively on a whole lot of legislation and issues, most particularly the one that sticks in my mind is marriage equality. But Absolutely. Not, yeah, but, but not only marriage. I but mean, not only yeah. marriage equality, you know, <laughs> committees and other things. What I often wonder, though, is that the issues that, um, and and I won't put Dean on the spot here, but with other senators that you have a, have a really strong <clears throat> disagreement with them on a policy, how do you then reconcile it by working with that senator on another issue where you where you share some interest? Um, that's got to be pretty difficult. Yeah, and look, I think I mean let's you know talk the relationship bet between Dean and myself and marriage equality absolutely was you know was the highlight of that and what, where we managed to work together and I think it's symbolic of the way that you can work. I mean for achieving marriage equality and the work that was done on putting together Dean's private senator's bill through the committee process at the time of um, you know, uh, when we were working out whether we were going to have a plebiscite or a postal vote. It was Dean Lou Pratt and my, from Labor and myself mm. who were the 
key people in that Senate committee process. And we knew that we would have to give grounds on things and that none of us were going to get exactly what we wanted. But we had a shared goal. Mm. And I think as long as you know that you've got some shared goals, you can put other things aside that you don't share and say, but we've got a shared goal here and we're going to work together to achieve it. Perhaps it's it's eat the meal you served at the moment rather than the one you're thinking about tomorrow. (laughs) And I think, yes, I think so. But it's also there are some people that, you know, I work well with because they are willing to work collaboratively, whereas there are other people who have got very different um, values and very different things they're trying to achieve in the Senate who are not interested in working collaboratively. Yeah. And and basically that whole adversarial, not, you know, 100% my way or, yeah. or the highway um, means that you just, it's not possible to sort of make those bridge across the aisle and work together. But that's, you know, that hasn't been the case with a lot of people that I've worked with across, mm. you know, the whole spectrum of, of Um, of the parliament. That's right Janet my observation is that some people come to the Senate to use it as a platform Um, others like yourself uh, come to the Senate to use it as a vehicle through which they can sort of (laughs) find um, you know common perspectives and then sort of advance the national good and you know Hmm. I I think many people would be surprised. Or both I think think in my case I'm also using it as a platform. That's a fair point that's right yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's right well um, I I was going to I, I, I thought it rude to reflect on the events of the last week as we're singing your... Oh, look, but, but I'm going to wear being censored by the Senate, by the Senate as a badge of honour, I can tell but you, you, know, you, because you. it was the opportunity to speak up. You were very forthright <laughs> and very clear in your perspective when you uh, defended yeah. your actions in the House of Representatives, that's right. Um, unusual as, as it is for me to get the final word, <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Senator's times have expired. Has expired. Uh, we we have to uh, go, Janet. Love to have a chat to you once the pin is well and truly pulled, uh, and you know you're a private citizen again. Look forward to chatting to you then. Thanks for making the time today. Best to Anne and uh, enjoy Mardi Gras tonight. And I do hope that Mardi Gras, in some way, tonight recognises both the the two members of our community who were murdered, but actually makes a statement about domestic violence in our community. It's a subject none of us feel comfortable talking about, but I do hope Mardi Gras or there's there's some recognition of that. Have a good trip, Mm. Janet. Thanks very much, Macca, and thanks, Dean. Cheers. Cheers. You are on Sunday Magazine, Joy 94.9 with Macca and Senator Dean Smith. Coming up, uh, our favourite Lord Mayor, Sally Cap. Lord Mayor of Melbourne, stay with us. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.